We are filled with the Holy Spirit. God has anointed us, has called us. His purposes will prevail. He's filled and anointed all. So today what we must learn and know is God's greatest desire. God's greatest desire. From the beginning of of man's creation, his desire has been conveyed to people. But because of the deception of the enemy, we at times do not recognize it when we need to recognize it. Because it's the recognition of God's greatest desire that will carry you through and take you to the other side and give you a greater platform of preaching the gospel. The gospel is not preached where it needs to be because we do not know the revelation of God's greatest desire. In this series, Love Conveyed, we talked about the church was the plan of God. We then realized that Satan, Lucifer, desired to steal a little bit of the worship from God. And basically, this series is really about worship, about us worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But in reality, because he stole this, he was kicked out of heaven and he gave you this anointing to worship. And so worship breaks every yoke. Worship is a key of life that breaks every yoke. And it's not just playing an instrument. It's not just singing. It is proclaiming like we made a declaration today in a song. But as we move into this realm, and now we know that worship has been transferred to us, that on a daily basis we are to walk in that, now we need to understand God's greatest desire. And that's what I'm going to do with you this week and next week. We're going to give you three points, probably two today, and the last one next week. But we must understand if God has a greatest desire, what is that desire? And so the first truth I want to show you so that we can understand God's greatest desire is God made me from him. Our first point is that God made me from him, or we can say God made me out of him. Let me explain. God wants us to catch this message because if we don't, deception will come even in our worship time. When God wanted something, listen to this truth. When God wanted something, he spoke to what he wanted it to come out of or to come from. I'll say it again. When God wanted something in creation especially, God spoke to what he wanted, what he was making or creating 
out of something and it to come from something. All right, I'm going to just go over that in many different ways because I want you to really grasp this. Now, when God wanted something, he spoke to what he wanted. Now, that's not good grammar, but it's great theology. And it's a truth that's going to set you free in some of those heavy burdens that some of you are carrying yourself. Have you ever done that? You prayed and you walked away from your prayer time and you felt worse? Don't look at me that way. I've been there. I prayed about something and I was leading something and I prayed about it, walked away, and it's like a million voices were, were talking to me negatively. And I had greater weight on my shoulder even after I prayed. Now, in most cases, I go in prayer, and because I know God's greatest desire, I'll walk away with just a, a, a huge lift, a breakthrough in the areas of my life. So again, when God wanted something or was making things, especially the six days of creation, he spoke to what he wanted it, whatever he was making, to come from. And let me add this. Not only to come from, but to be sustained by and to be returned to. In Genesis we see the creation story. He created some things. I'll explain that in a moment. He also made some things or made things. Now, the theological definition of the word create will say to you and me, as human beings who are born again, anointed of the Holy Spirit, walking in our calling, we don't create. I'll say it again. The theological definition of the word create says, we don't create, we only make. Create, listen closely, means to form something out of nothing. All right? So now we need to understand that when God created or made things, that he spoke to something or he spoke it out of himself into existence. So let me give you an example. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God created light. Light didn't, wasn't made from something. He created light. So to make something is to form something out of something else. And that's what we can do. So if you want, uh, if you want to understand the greater realm with a simple explanation, if you go to an art class and they show you a clay pot, but they said to you, I created this clay pot. No, you didn't. Because of the theological definition of create, 
You didn't create it. You formed it out of something else. You grabbed a a clump of clay and you formed it. If you said, I created a clay pot, you know, and, and you just said, I just spoke it in existence, everyone say, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> you didn't do that. You formed it out of something. All right? So you didn't create a clay pot. You made a clay pot out of something. What we're trying to do is we're trying to find out God's greatest desire. And so, okay, God created some things out of nothing, but he made some things. So what God makes things from is vital to understand his greatest desire. So when God wanted something, I'll say it again in a different way, he spoke to what he wanted it to come from, to come out of, watch this, to be sustained by what it came from, and then to return to what it came from. Genesis 1.11, I'll paraphrase this. It says, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, plants, herbs, trees. So God did not say, let there be trees, because he was making them. He was forming the trees from the dirt that he created. So he is speaking to the earth in creation, and when he spoke to the earth, the earth listened. In essence, God said, Earth, bring forth. And the earth produced trees, plants, herbs. Some would say herbs. The reason is this God wants plants to come from dirt, to be sustained by dirt. And to go back to dirt. Now we understand that. If you have a garden, you have a plant that you, after the fall harvest, you rip it out and you lay it there. And what's it do? It goes back to dirt. But if you pulled it out too early, it would die because why? It's sustained by dirt. Okay, let's go on. In Genesis 1.20 says, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Fish are sustained by water. Verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures. Animals are sustained by dirt. In essence, They come from dirt, even though they reproduce, but they go back to dirt because that's what God said in creation. Now, here's why I'm showing you that this is so important that we understand that. I know I'm becoming very simplistic now, 
But it's because we become so non-simplistic uh, in our walk with Christ, we carry heavy weights that we shouldn't carry. We listen to words that are not true, thinking they are true because of deception, because we don't know God's greatest desire. And everything that God did, he did because it is his desire to do it this way. When God wanted something again, he spoke to it and where, and where it was to come from or made out of. That's why it's important. The answer is this to the question, why does he do this? Verse 26 is when he wanted man, he spoke to himself. And everything else he created, and then he made things, and it came out of dirt, it came out of water, it, and the, the sustaining factor came out of there. Now, watch this. Everything changed on the sixth day. On the sixth day, we begin to see God's greatest desire, why he did, how he created us, and how he made and formed us on this earth, it came out of his desire. And we're going to learn this desire, which I believe even today, and we'll conclude next week, even today, there's going to be a breakthrough in some of you and some of the things that you've gone through and you are carrying and have carried for decades. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So here is what I'm trying to bring you for you to understand. You're carrying this weight. You don't know if you can handle this situation in your life. And I'm telling you that we came from God, we are sustained from God, and we go back to God. Okay, I'm going to say that again. We came from God, we are sustained by God, and we go back to God. So here's the question. Why do we allow the enemy to steal from us in the recognition that God's got gotcha? And when you stay connected with God, that's where your lifeblood is. That's where your answer is. Let's go on. All right, so God made my body from the dirt. It is sustained by dirt, and it goes back to dirt. But my spirit came from God. It is sustained by God and goes back to God. And again, what do you do? Confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and sin is removed. 
and life begins again in your spirit. So we came from God. My body come from dirt, and because it came from dirt, it's sustained by vegetables, <clears throat> fruit, snicker bars, <clears throat> pizza, tamales. Matter of fact, why? Came from dirt. Cows eat grass. Cows make milk. So if you look at it that way, in the right way, we get ice cream from milk. Therefore, all of you, you're carrying this heavy burden. Ice cream is healthy. Amen? Amen. If you really think about it, if cows eat grass and cows make milk, then ice cream is processed salad. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great day. (laughs) So the question now is, what would happen if a plant said to the dirt, I'm pulling out? I'm going to make it on my own. I'm going to live my life without you. What would happen to the plant? The plant would die because it's sustained by dirt. So listen to this. In the beginning, man said to God, I'm pulling out. I'm going to make it on my own. I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to carry my own weight. I'm going to make it on my own. God said, the day you do that, you will die. Why? Because we are sustained by God. That's why it's so important of our worship and our time with God. Now, our bodies didn't die. Why? Because our bodies are sustained by dirt. But their spirit died because it was pulled from God. Although our spirits did affect our bodies, then we began to physically die. Because God's plan was that we would never die. Ephesians 2.1 says this, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead spiritually, but now because we're born again, we are alive spiritually. We are sustained by God. Your situation is God's thing too. John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So we're trying to find out what is God's greatest desire And the first thing we need to know to get to that understanding and that revelation is God made me and you from him because he spoke to himself. Here's the second thing. God made me like him. So I'm trying to, again, figure out God's greatest desire. 
He made a replica of himself. Us. His image and according to his likeness. So at this time of creation, there is no sin in the world. Adam looks like God. Adam talks, walks, thinks, and acts like God. Adam hasn't sinned yet, and he's walking with this amazing ability of totally pure thoughts. But but because Adam is like God, Adam has a desire. See, he's created in the image or likeness of God. We're created in the image of likeness of God. And so if we're created in the image of likeness of God, then we have God's traits. Correct? So with that thought in mind, let's see his desires. Genesis 2, verse 20. So Adam's, Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Let me ask you this. Why would the Bible tell us that? Why would the Bible say, but for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him? Except that Adam, when he was naming the animals, was looking for someone like him. Other translation says one comparable to him or a companion. Now, this is really talking about what Adam was doing is lion, lioness. Male, female, male, female, male, female, male. I don't see someone I can live with that looks like me. So Adam goes to God, and he goes, God, you know what? This is really cool. I'm in this beautiful garden. I have everything I need. Everything's perfect. I like it. But God, there is something I want to ask you, how come I'm alone? The Bible says it was not found. So again, he was really desiring something and looking for it, and he couldn't find it. And all of a sudden, God causes a deep sleep on Adam. And he, when he wakes up, there's a new animal in town. And you heard this before. He goes, whoa, man. That's how we got woman. (laughs) Actually, as a guy talking up here, I probably think that's probably the first time someone's ever said, thank you, Jesus. Like I said when I saw Terry. He said he... She looks like me. She's beautiful. Scripture says, when God made man, the Hebrew form of the word for man 
and then said the word form, a woman, both of those in the Hebrew are different. So in the English, it's the same word, form. But in the Hebrew, it's different. For a man, it means squeezed. The Hebrew word form for man means squeezed. And the Hebrew word form for woman, it means fashioned. For man, God goes, little dirt, you're done. And for the woman, well, you know. Amen. So when people will talk to you about how God's racist, Christians are racist, no, we're not. Ladies, you were formed and fashioned so beautifully. Man was created perfectly. You were fashioned not only to be woman, but to be comparable, equal with man. It's always from the beginning. And I struggle sometimes when you hear all the time in churchendom of we got to do something new. And we gotta, no, it's not new. It's from the beginning. But we're talking about God's greatest desire. So let me ask you this. Woman in, in Hebrew, let me say this and I'll ask you a question. Woman in Hebrew means out of man. God made us out of him, male and female, and fashioned women and created us out of, brought us out of man out of dirt and woman out of man. We are comparable. We are equal, but of course different because we reproduce, male and female. And today's society is, is really trying to confuse you and bring deception in your life because there is a power and anointing because of the desire that God has when he created us out of him, male and female, it was to reproduce throughout ages this calling and anointing and power to worship him and to be with him, not only be with one another, to honor and to love. Pastor Bob Rufner last week gave you a great sermon about honor and respect. And we have to get to a place of recognizing God's desire and what God is done in creation in our life. And when we understand that, it begins to remove all the doubt and all the struggle that we have in this world. And why a lot of times people have nervous breakdowns, depression, is because we do not understand God's greatest desire. You are absolutely created, formed, 
fashioned, anointed to accomplish everything that God has planned for you on this world and nothing can stop it. Nothing. No matter what goes on, but I'll tell you what, when we, when we get into financial struggles, when we get into relational struggles, is because we do not understand God's greatest desire, and I haven't actually told you what it is yet. And we get to that place in our life is, is we don't live our life based on how we were created and made and sustained by. And because of that, you will find people that will run around and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. Hey, I got stuff that goes on, had stuff that goes on through the years that was hard. But I went back to my understanding of God's greatest desire. And because of that, I was able every single day of my life have the ability to break through, to overcome. We have the power of the blood. We have all the different things. Jesus, we've taught you that. We talked about salvation regarding the church, who we are, our identity, all the power of the Spirit that's in us. But I want you to understand, it's got to become personal with God because it was personal with Him When you were created, you were created out of him, but you were created out of his desire. And let me tell you, Adam's desire came from God. That's why God knew what he needed. Okay? Are you with me? You following me? Okay. So I'm telling you what, I could spend months on this topic right here, but I'm not going to. Because you got this thing. Let me just say this, coming from your pastor. You are the most unique, anointed, powerful person waiting to happen. And we need to switch the switch on. And the switch only happens by the knowledge and the wisdom of the truth of God's greatest desire. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask all of you to stand right now because this is, this is something. I was on the plane coming home Thursday, my wife and I, and, and I just looked at her and I said, man, God's talking to me right now. And she said, it's about time. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> But I have for years, just shy of 45 years in ministry, have basically taught this truth that the Holy Spirit is, is really telling me right now, this is the truth that will transform the United States of America. When we begin to understand what we're going to learn Some of you are saying, Pastor, would you get around to it? I want to hear what you're going to tell me. You're going to hear it. 
but I want to pray for you. In Jesus' name, I proclaim such revelation. I come against a deception of religion that is still hanging on. I come against the deception of that hurt, relational hurt, some of us have been living with for years. That situation, yeah, you, that situation that happened yesterday with someone that hurt you, in Jesus' name, rebuke that now. Let the wisdom and the revelation of the Word of God just transform you. That today is the first day of the rest of your life. And you will walk in this peace and this joy in the midst of the chaos of this world. You are healed. Sickness is not of God. You are healed in Jesus' name. Prosperity is the plan of God. Walk in his ways. Don't walk in fear with your finances. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for my church family, all that are watching online, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's all say it together. In Jesus' name, be well. Amen. You may be seated. So again, how did God know that the only thing that would satisfy Adam's heart was the desire to have a bride? Why didn't God just, I mean, he's a guy, why didn't God give Adam a remote control on the TV? Really? I mean, seriously. You know, why, why didn't he just do that? Make it so complicated, God. Because it came out of him. It came out of him. We're trying to figure out God's greatest desire is, how did God know Adam's desire? Remember, creating man, God makes someone exactly how he is, no sin in the world at this point. Adam looks like God, walks like God, thinks like God, and desires like God. Those dreams that you thought came from the pizza or the spicy tamale you ate, it didn't. It came from God. It is innate in you, especially once you were born again. All of God resides in you. I didn't say you are God. You're not. All of God resides in you. You can't create, but you can make. And how you make, I'm not telling you to desire yet, how you make is by what you say. The power of your words. And, and, and this needs to come to a real uh, fruition in our life, a, a security, a, a conclusion, is that we have to watch what we say. We have to watch what we say about things because there's power in our words. God spoke. We do too. But we make something out of something. So if you got a problem, you got a person, you got a situation, 
what you say, you begin to form the difficulty. Or what you say, you begin to form the victory. Are you following this? I mean, I, I want to tell you, this, this will create breakthrough. And again, I haven't told you the greatest desire yet. And, but we're, we're seeing the ways of God, how God does things. When we realize that we are created in his image, we are created in his likeness, and we're walking in this truth, then we can, when we face the heavy burden you're facing, you now begin to conclude what God already proclaimed for you. And it is victory. And if there is sin, we can, because we're not perfect, we serve the perfect one, we can confess those sins. Amen. My, my question to you now is, is, when was the last time you actually spent two minutes with God confessing sin? Now don't, you know, everyone's going, mm, mm, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm just opening your thought process because I want to, when it's time, in a moment, I'm going to stick you with God's greatest desire. And then next week, we're going to talk about what he's done for his greatest desire. But again, here's the question. When was the last time you've actually seriously sat down and repented? And I would suggest some of us might say, Mm. Last year? We have to get to a place that we understand that we are not only created out of God, image likeness, but we are sustained by Him. And being sustained by Him comes with a lifestyle of worship, of confession. I'm not talking about, you know, we're going to put a confessional box. I'm not coming against any religion. But put a little box over there, and, and I stand over there, and you confess it to me. No. I'm talking about the relationship between you and God. Who you are with God. A lot of your confessions not going to be, oh, God, I murdered somebody. I, you know, I did this, I did that at work. I stole from work. I did all, no, because we're walking, we're believers. But your confession sometimes needs to be, Father, forgive me of the words that I've spoken over my life or my spouse's life or my children's life or my business or my finances. Because your word says, and you begin to proclaim what God says about marriage. You, you begin to proclaim what God says about finances. You begin to act on that. It's a privilege. One of the first things that I thought when I was driving to church this morning, I get to tithe today, and I get to plant seed today. 
And I had two envelopes, and I threw it in that box right there. I get to do the things that God asks me to do. All right. Again, how did God know that the only thought would satisfy Adam's desire was a bride? Because God had the same desire. God's greatest God's greatest desire is you. God's greatest desire is me. To walk with me. To talk with me. Years ago, I, I said this statement. I said, it wouldn't have been great like Adam walking with Jesus every cool of the morning. I walk with him 24-7. Adam just had the cool of the morning. But what type of relationship did he have? Because I have the same desires he has. Sin brought in Satan's desires, but because my spirit is brand new, I listen to my spirit, I walk with God's desires. I love people that are unlovable. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. We were, I was on an airplane, and there was a young lady there, and she had all kinds of tattoos on. I'm not against tattoos, whatever people want to think. I'm not going to preach against stuff like that. But I noticed on her arm, she had 666. So it was funny, I, I was going to ask this question to her because she was talking to a few people and and then uh, the guy across from her said, are you a Satanist? He was just right out, you know, he just, I think he had a couple beers or whatever, I don't know what happened, but are you a Satanist? She goes, oh no, no, I, I know. You know, when I got that done, I didn't know about that and then someone told me and about 666 and she said, I, I like to gamble, and that's my favorite number. So, I mean, you know, I thought, yeah, right. No, just kidding. That was your past life, and now you're, anyways, you've changed. But I, I want you to recognize that people, I don't look at that and say, oh, oh, can't be around that. Ooh, six, that's, that number has no power over me. Amen? Amen? What she did had no power over me. Oh, you know, we're more afraid. We're more afraid of someone having 666 on a poster than we are of not doing the will of God. We're looking at, at I'm not talking about us, but we're looking at, at what people do. And say, oh, how terrible they are and how, what they've done and this and this and this. And I'm saying to you, do you not know that God's greatest desire is to be with you? When was the last time you've been with him? When was the last time that, that you're walking down the street and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just says something to you and say, whoa, you know, and you just start talking to him? And it's a normal factor because that's the way it should be as believers, normalcy. 
don't look at me as some super spiritual, powerful, whatever person because I stand up on the platform. I'm like you. I'm creating the image and likeness of God. We are equal. There are things that I'm called to do. There's a respect for my office, all the different things, but we have to understand God's greatest desire is us. Amen. And that's what we learn from Adam and Eve. That perfect picture. So let's all stand. Next week, we'll learn how that works in our life. I mean, it's so easy. It's real. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta go to Bible college. You, you know, hey, if God's called you to go to Bible college, you better go. Amen. But you're anointed and called in what you're called to do. You're just as important as I am in the body of Christ. Amen. And we have to, we have to get that. We're, we've put ourselves in such categories. I'm just telling you because I know a lot of you and your walk with God, I'd rather you pray for me than a pastor down the street because I know you believe the word of God and I know you worship. But I know a lot of pastors, I want them to pray for me too because we're all created in his image and likeness and it's powerful. Holy Spirit is talking to some of you today. Why is that situation you're facing so huge that you're choosing to run and let it change your personality? Holy Spirit is saying, why don't you allow me to break through in that situation? Why don't you begin to speak how I speak? Because you have that desire. You want that to happen. Why? Because God made you that way. He created you that way. Let me tell you what discipleship is, and then I'm going to close and pray. Discipleship is teaching you what you already have. Ignorance isn't stupidity. Ignorance is not knowing. And the teaching of the Word, the words in our worship songs, all the different things, continually try to help you recognize who you already are. You're a child of the King, created in His image and likeness anointed of the Holy Spirit, called of God to do specific things. And God says, His purposes in your life will prevail when you recognize that His greatest desire is you 
then you're going to begin to walk in that victory. Next week, we'll show you. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I I would remove myself off this platform so that they would look and see you right now. That there would be a breakthrough through deception of hurt and religious tradition and, and hurt in a church or whatever has gone on in our life that has caused us to back away and to speak ill, opposite of truth over our lives and our thoughts. But in Jesus' name, today, in the power of Jesus' name, by the blood of Jesus, I rebuke that deception now and deception you leave. And today is the first day that we walk with freedom. (laughs) Watch this in the midst of the chaos of the world. Because we live with breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. I am so proud of you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. See you tonight at 6 o'clock.